Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Download the free Odyssey app. Search for and follow Offsides with Mark Ryan. Then make sure you play a clip or two. Odyssey, A-U-D-A-C-Y, the fan upstate. Offsides, Mark, Ryan, and Diesel, you will find it right there. Doing really, really well on the subscriber front. The download front set a station record for 2023. Uh, You guys know you can get all of this content uh, on demand as well, right? Or did Mark really say that? I wanted to make sure I heard that right. It's right there for you. Odyssey app, A-U-D-A-C-Y. Uh, you'll see it offsides under the fan upstate. It'll be right there. Super easy, uh, super intuitive, p- easy peasy, and uh, you've got it on your fingertips. All right, my friends, jam-packed first hour. Appreciate the debate and so much more. We go to the phones, and Rich in Chicago joins us on the line. Rich, what's good, man? Hey, Mark. I've, uh, I've got some hey. news for you about uh, Harbaugh. That is totally okay. legit. Uh, his, the Bears have, have been secretly talking to Harbaugh's agent. And and that isn't Based well on known. what source? Based on what source? But, on what source? Well, What's the source on that? I think I think is Eberflus's replacement. Yeah, but, but what's the source, though? Who's saying that? Well, I think I think this legit offer to get him if he's interested in an NFL job, you've got a team that's developing that's got a, a boatload of draft equity that he could kind of engineer and come here if you want to go to the Super Bowl as crazy as it sounds, with the, with the amount of draft picks they have and the improvement they've made, which is significant, they're not great, but they're on the verge of with a good draft, he would like that. But I think he's going to end up in the NFL, for your comment. And I think Chicago should be considered a landing spot. And hey, can you hear me? I can. I'm getting feedback from you. All right, Rich. You. Uh, what... Yeah, okay, we, we got you, Rich. We got, the, we got the gist of what you're saying, and uh, thank you very much for ringing us up. So, you know, Rich, uh, I don't really know – that there is a credible source on the Harbaugh to Chicago rumor at this point. All right. I don't even know that that is a rumor at this point. Um, 
you know, I, like I don't, I don't know what legs that has at this point. Would Chicago be a great fit for Harbaugh? Sure, anyone would. Anyone would be, would be a great fit for that guy. Best coach in football, right? So they, he'd be, they'd be an outstanding fit for him. Be that as it may, um, I, the, Chicago still has a coach. As the hours go by, it's less and less likely that Chicago fires Matt Eberflus. Chicago made a run toward the end of the season. Okay, so I understand Chicago fans want hope of a brighter tomorrow. The Bears finished in last place with a record of 7-10. and At the same token, Chicago won uh, four of its last six games to end the year. Their defense is playing out of its mind. Matt Eberflus, defensive head coach. What was the problem with Brandon Staley and the Chargers? He's a defensive head coach whose team sucked on defense. You can't suck at your specialty. You can't do that. Okay? Um, So until they fire Eberflus, and they haven't yet, We'll see what the future holds. Yeah, we got to be very careful, guys. Mark. And we we all this is this is a, a a lesson to everyone. We all have to be very careful and more deliberate in how we present information as rumor or conjecture or this is what I would like to see happen. I'm not saying that that uh, you, you know Rich may not ultimately be proven right over time. That's fine. You very well may be right, Rich. But if it's if it's you presuming that this could happen, I think it's very important to make it clear that this is your supposition, not somebody is telling me this. I'm hearing from this person. And it's also important to note whether or not if you did hear it from someone else, if that person has actual sources or if it's their conjecture because we we see all too often well i found 10 sites on twitter who were all saying the same thing so it must be true well they they said that about shohei otani going to the blue jays ultimately it wasn't true it just just because 10 different sites all share the same bs story doesn't make it true so we all need to be more savvy consumers and more savvy reposters of content, right? We got to be very clear what it is we are spreading around. That's how rumors and false news get spread around. Right. And so, like, you know, guys, what happens is you guys hear of something. Uh, you read a link. You saw something on Facebook. Uh, what is the line from Ferris Bueller's Day Off? My best friend's boyfriend heard from this guy who knows this kid who's going with a girl who said she saw Ferris pass out on 31 Flavors last night. I guess it's pretty serious. And, and like, you want to, this rumor that you want to see happen, you want to give it legs. So, like, you start calling in and you start sharing it with us and you hope we'll give it a, a large platform to get it out there for you. But it, it legitimately, the first thing I always ask is, who is the source? Show me the source. Okay, what is the source of this rumor? Um, and if the source can't be substantiated, it's not that I think less of you. Okay, it's that we're not gonna we're not gonna just share conjecture on the air because man, we would really like this one rumor to happen. 
right? We'd really love for this to happen. Uh, all right, guys. So the Carolina Panthers released a list of uh, nine names that they have requested for interviews. Nine different names. How about that? So among these nine different names that they have requested for interviews, it is interesting to me. Okay, it is, it is very, very interesting because, um, you know, you don't know if you're going to get permission from all these guys. And then what, what I've done is I've ranked them based on, I think, the fit for the Carolina Panthers. Okay, based on the fit. My best guess as to the rank. Um, Bucks, uh, so here we go. I got 11 names on here, and I've added two. All right, where do they, where do they end up? Number 11 for me, last place, this would be a failure. Ravens offensive coordinator Todd Munkin, formerly the Georgia offensive coordinator. Just uh, there's nothing there that wows me at all. This is a guy that would take any head coaching job that's offered to him. I, I just, you know, you don't have Lamar Jackson. I'm supposed to be impressed at what you did in one or two years in Baltimore. No, thanks. Uh, number 10, Dave Canales, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers offensive coordinator. Why not for Dave Canales? Well, okay, um, so Tampa Bay overachieved this year. They underachieved last year. They overachieved this year. Again, like, you're going to get an NFL job because your team was 8-8 eight and eight in the final game of the season. I, I just don't, I don't see what the payoff is there. Number nine for me on this list, Dan Quinn. I have Dan Quinn ninth because he's already had his crack at a head coaching job and he failed. He's a hell of a defensive coordinator, but some people are better designed to be the Robin than the Batman. Um, I, look, he's doing a great job in Dallas, but in an offensive era, I'm taking a pass on a retread head coach. No retread, retread policy for me. Number eight, Raheem Morris. Raheem Morris is the defensive coordinator for the Los Angeles Rams. Uh, why not hire for Raheem Morris? Well, I've already seen him as a head coach. Wasn't pretty. Okay, I, I understand he motivates players very well. Maybe he's gotten himself to be at a place where he's ready for that next challenge to be an NFL head coach. Uh, but it's not going to happen on my watch. If I can only hire one guy, it's, it's not going to be him. I've got Bill Belichick seventh. So I've got Belichick ahead of these other options, but not higher than seventh. Old coach, new era. Bill Belichick is the ultimate retread, although outstanding. What kind of power is he going to demand? Will he even have an interest in Carolina? You know, like, why? And Dave Tepper, apparently high levels of the Carolina Panthers, have reached out to the New England Patriots to see if Belichick's going to be available without any care for the fact that, like, this team really needs somebody to grow with them. You know, like, not a guy who, you know, like, what, what was the line in uh, Big Daddy Diesel? What is his five-year plan? Don't die? You know what I mean? Like, you remember that? There's a line in the movie Big Daddy. Like, you got to have a guy who's got a five-year plan to be with you. To be with you. What is Bill Belichick's five-year plan? Frank Smith is the offensive coordinator of the Miami Dolphins. I have him sixth. Thought very highly of in some circles. Not as proven as some names on this list. 
Uh, Miami's offense has been great and, and innovative. But again, how much of that is Frank and how much of that is Mike McDaniel? Number five for me, Mike McDonald, Cincinnati Bengals offensive coordinator. Why? Because I was really, I'm sorry, Mike McDonald is the, is the Ravens defensive coordinator. One of the best defensive coordinators in the NFL. Period, end of story, thanks for playing. You're going to go defense, go with a guy who would love a chance to make a name and, uh, and give yourself, be great on your side of the ball. Mike McDonald can do that. Okay, number four for me. I'm going to go Brian Callahan. Brian Callahan is the OC of the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, why am I impressed by him? Look at what happened to Cincinnati when they lost Joe Burrow this year. You thought the wheels were going to fall off, didn't you? They didn't make the playoffs, but they finished 9-8. and eight, And they did so with a undrafted rookie quarterback, Jake Browning, who became such an overnight sensation that everybody's talking about the leotard that his girlfriend wore in the, uh, in the luxury suite on Sunday. Like, it's, like, they became relevant when they didn't have Joe Burrow. And that is not something the Cincinnati Bengals did in 20 years before they got Joe Burrow. They were never relevant. I'm impressed by that. Brian Callahan, candidate number four. Candidate number three for me, Bobby Slowick, offensive coordinator, Houston Texans. You know, guys, when you see a light switch flip and it happened overnight in Houston, and C.J. Stroud is a big part of the reason why, but so is Bobby Slowick. Some of the innovative plays that he called, putting C.J. Stroud in the, in the opportunity for great success. I was there for the Bill O'Brien experience in Houston, and it was a disaster. It was a disaster. He was grumpy. He was stubborn. He wouldn't give you answers in the media. Would roll his eyes at you. Wasn't inventive or innovative or any of these things. Bobby Slowick, OC, light switch, team is different overnight. And I don't care what you say, he deserves at least part of the credit for that. D'Amico Ryan's a big share. C.J. Stroud, a big share. The offensive coordinator, putting him in places for success, a big share. Bobby Slowick is candidate number three. You might remember yesterday, um, Jim Zoki said to us on the show that Bobby Slowick is the candidate that he thinks if you offer them, him the job, he's going to accept. I've got Ben Johnson number two on my list, and I feel like if the Carolina Panthers were able to get one or two on this list, you've hit a home run. Ben Johnson is the it flavor of the month. He's almost a, certain to be, a certainty to be an NFL coach next year. So hot that he apparently can pick his spot, so why would he pick Charlotte among all those places? I'm trying to do what you guys have asked of me. You guys said, Mark Ryan, please do not call them the Carolina Panthers anymore. They're the North Carolina Panthers. You in South Carolina don't claim them. So I'm trying to do the very best I can. He is a huge part. Dan Campbell resurrecting Jared Goff. I mean, that's what he did. Who's the person in charge of resurrecting Jared Goff's career? Ben Johnson. They've become a force. They have the best offensive line in the league. This is a guy that's coordinating all of that. Very, very impressed. First NFC North division title ever. And then number one is Jim Harbaugh. Jim Harbaugh. Yeah, his program cheated. I know. That happened. All right? You're worried less about that in the NFL. You are guaranteed to be much better overnight. I'm telling you guys, 
if Jim Harbaugh was the coach of this team, all right, they'd win a minimum of six games next year, a minimum of eight games the year after that, and a, and a playoff berth by year three at the latest. And this team is so far away from relevancy, I think it's the, he's the only coach that can have that kind of curve here. So what do you think, Diesel? I got Jim Harbaugh one, Ben Johnson two, Bobby Slowick three, Bill Belichick all the way down at seven. What do you think? <laughs> uh, no, it's not a bad list. Uh, it really isn't. Um, but the question is, how far do you have to go down that list to find somebody who would actually say yes to the Carolina Panthers and all the trappings that come with it? That's the problem. You know, it's the same conversation we had surrounding South Carolina when they were uh, looking to, to, to hire their next head coach. And it's the question that Clemson fans have when they when it comes time to start talking about a, a replacement for Brad Brownell. The question is, who could we go get? Well, that's the question. The Carolina Panthers are not a high-profile enough job to go get a Ben Johnson. I'm going to be flat-out real with you. Carolina Panthers aren't getting Ben Johnson unless what Ben Johnson values is a tremendous amount of money and power, which we know that Dave Tepper will give him because he gave – Essentially the same contract to Matt Rule. It's a gamble, of course. It's always a gamble. Every single coaching hire ever has been a gamble. Even if you've got a guy who found success somewhere else, there's absolutely no guarantee that he will be able to replicate that success where you are because everything is different in this new situation. So they could go and get a Dan Campbell. They could go and get a Jim Harbaugh. But what do you have to give up to go get him? What can you offer him that, say, the Tennessee Titans couldn't offer? Very well said. Uh, they th- Jim Zoki thinks Bobby Slowick is a name that would say yes. Ben Johnson, Jim Harbaugh. Jim Harbaugh, Diesel, if Tepper played his hand right, Harbaugh might be the coach of this team right now was not willing to cede power to Jim Harbaugh. Those are the words that our friends in Charlotte are saying. T-Bone, et cetera, Chris McClain, those, what, that's what those guys are saying. It's a disgrace. It, like it's, like, imagine telling Jim Harbaugh, no, man, we've got it under control here. We have, da- we have um, Dave Tepper. We've got him under control. We have Scott Fitterer. We've got it under control, really. No, Jim Harbaugh, you tell us what to do. We clearly don't know what the hell we're doing over here. All right, my friends, up next on the show, going to be joined by Jake Crane. Crane and company set the table. National championship game next year in college football and so much more right here on the Fan Upstate. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. 
Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission. You know, guys, uh, I will pop my collar about the fact that I picked Michigan wire to wire. Why did I do so? I just had a hunch that the SEC was going to take a wee bit of a step back this year because I think when the SEC has a 10-level team, nobody can beat them. I I didn't see that. I thought the SEC had an 8, maybe an 8.5, but I didn't see a 10 out there, and I thought Michigan just might be ready to compete with the best. I've never seen a team in college football more embody the personality uh, and all the traits of their head coach than Michigan and Jim Harbaugh. That combination, the magical combination, physical toughness, etc. I thought Michigan was an SEC team playing in the Big Ten. Joining us right now, the indefatigable Jake Crane from Crane & Company, you see him everywhere because he is everywhere. I don't know how he clones himself to make two of himself. I don't know when he gets rest, but we wish him a happy new year nonetheless. Jake Crane, Crane & Company, great to have you on the show, my friend. What's good? Oh, man, it's great to be back. Hope everybody had a uh, fantastic New Year's and and a very uh, happy holidays and a Merry Christmas. And uh, yeah, Mark, look, uh, my cloning secrets, uh, I'm not going to tell till I'm on my deathbed. But uh, no, it's just an exciting time. I mean, even though, you you know, you kind of look back and say, well, the college football season's over. Does it really ever end? We can argue that. But no, I was right there with you, man. I, I picked Michigan from wire to wire, and they ended up uh, making good on it. Man, they certainly did. So when you consider that, Jake, how is it, how did exactly, if like if you were offering someone your best explanation, how did they conquer the SEC beast? Well, you know what? What, what I find uh, fascinating, and I think it's it's the best compliment that you could ever pay a conference, is that uh, when you're describing a team, oh, that's uh, that's like an SEC team, or they built an SEC team in that league. What you're really saying is they built a complete team that can dominate in multiple ways, and and that is as physically superior as any team out there. That's the difference. We just called it an SEC team because it's the SEC that's done it at the highest level and and the best with Alabama and Georgia. We've seen LSU. We've seen Auburn win it. We've seen Florida win it. But it's having the most dominant athletes uh, and having the most depth. We just call it an SEC team because that's what it's been. I I think the difference in this Michigan team is just like any championship team, they can beat you in multiple ways. They have their their identity. They they play how they want to play. But they can win if they have to dribble with their left as well. And uh, you look at, at the Alabama game, for example, and I know this Alabama offensive line has given up a lot of sacks, but there were times where Jalen Monroe, even when he had time, guys were locked up in the back end. Or when he would scramble and try and create, guys were locked up in the scramble drill when zone becomes man. Like there was a time where either you were just as physical as the SEC team, but you didn't have good enough skill players or vice versa. Michigan just happened to have all of it, and that's how you win a national championship. That's how Clemson did it. Jake, listening to uh, you know interview clips from Jim Harbaugh himself, from J.J. McCarthy and other players and people surrounding that program, you really get a sense of 
the cult of Harbaugh that is happening at Michigan right now. And the question I have for you is, is if Jim Harbaugh leaves Michigan this year, how confident are you in Michigan's ability to keep it going at a high level without the cult of Harbaugh? Uh, well, look, I, I, a lot of it depends on who they would hire. Would, would they keep it within? Would they bring Sharon Moore up, uh, a guy that understands, you know, kind of what that locker room's built of, what that team wants to be uh, built like, and, and understands the path to go down it? And, I mean, let's be honest, the man coached half the season as the head coach in some of their biggest games uh, outside of the college football playoff game. So uh, he has the ultimate experience. So, I think they'd be able to stay competitive at a very high level. Uh, they're losing a lot up front, right? There's a lot of seniors on that offensive line, but they're going to bring in great players, and they've shown those players how to do it and how to go about it. Uh, but, guys, even though we're expanding to a 12-team playoff, uh, I mean, the Big Ten's adding Oregon. They're adding uh, USC, UCLA. Uh, I mean, you, you, uh, Washington, who you just played in the national championship game. So, uh, it's going to be tough, but uh, I, I think Michigan would be right there because, you know, they, they understand how to do it. And they're bringing a lot back on defense, too. Don't forget that. Jake Crane joining us. Jake, to what degree do you feel Michael Penix's status uh, dropped at all last night, if at all, based on what you saw? He certainly didn't have a great game, didn't have a lot of time. Whenever you have immobile quarterbacks that don't have time, it looks a lot like it did last night. And look, with some of his uh, injuries, he's less mobile than he used to be. Did his stock take a hit last night? Well, I, I don't think it went up. But I, I mean, I don't think it's panic time. Because, uh, again, it's, it's one game. It is a big game. But you look at the way he played against Texas, and uh, I don't think it's going to drop him out of the first round. But I don't think he did anything to – to cement himself as the highest he could possibly be. Now, look, we all know how pro day is. Guys run around out there uh, in, in athletic shorts and throw it 80 yards on a line, and everybody just oohs and ahs. But I think Michael Penix, and I still believe this, uh, I think his game, uh, game has the, the easiest to translate early into the NFL once he gets in more of a balanced pro-style system, the kind of the way they operate in that league from the pocket. Uh, but, no, it, it was unfortunate to see him not have his best game. But, look, Michigan had a great plan, too. Uh, we talked about it uh, the whole week before. Why not just keep everything in front, make Washington go 9, 10, 11 plays, frustrate them because the greediest people on the planet are offensive coordinators and quarterbacks. And at some point, you're going to frustrate them. But the most surprising part was Washington's defense standing up to Michigan's run game and then Washington's offensive line looking kind of panicky, the Joe Moore Award winners. That, that's what shocked me. Jake, if you were up for a head coaching job in the NFL, congratulations, you're getting a big pay raise, right? A lot of teams can offer an awful lot of money to coaches. So let's consider that kind of a wash. Money is a wash no matter if it's the Titans hiring you or if it's the Panthers hiring you or whoever. What would Dave Tepper have to give up as far as power and intangibles to get you to say yes to the Carolina Panthers right now? Yeah. Oh, wow. Um, he would probably have to, to give up the, the genie in the bottle he just found. I mean, I, it, that would be, God, that'd be so low on the list. It would have to be full control and uh, 25% of, of his net worth over a certain amount of time. It'd have to be a lot. Wow. Massive, massive amount. 
Jake, uh, how did you do with your college football playoff picks? Did you foresee a Michigan-Washington final, and did it play out the way you saw it? Man, I had Michigan uh, actually beating Texas uh, in the national championship game before the season. Uh, but uh, I had – so, therefore, I picked Michigan – uh, to beat Texas in in the uh, final uh, the final four, and then obviously the national championship game. But uh, it, as far as this the, the game went, uh, you know, early I thought that Michigan was going to be able to run the ball. My question was how much you know were they going to try and limit Washington's possessions with the new clock rule where it runs after first downs in the last two minutes of the first half or the fourth quarter. What I didn't foresee, and maybe I should have, because both these teams are experienced, and we talked about that was Washington's defense being able to bow up and fight back when it could have collapsed early. And it was looking a lot like TCU Georgia was uh, with the way that Donovan Edwards just looked like the fastest human being on earth. And then to think that Washington wouldn't be able to to cash in even on an umbrella coverage, soft coverage style defense uh, against Michigan with with the old heads they have with Penix Jr. and those wide receivers and and the way they kind of play and, and the style they run. Uh, that surprised me. But the the low point total, that's probably the most shocking thing. Jake, I'm going to ask you a question that I I thought of late when we interviewed Brent. Jake Crane joining us, uh, Mark Ryan and Diesel. We are the fan upstate. Jake, you you saw, obviously saw and witnessed the, uh, all of the around a sign stealing scandal for Michigan, the national championship game. I know that you feel like that's less of a deal than perhaps we have on, on this show. Can you share with us, Jake, um, you know, like we, we, we heard somebody come out and say today that, um, you know, that, look, everybody's cheating. If you're not cheating, you're not trying. I'm not sure if you saw the clip from uh, Brett McMurphy yeah. came out today. And, uh, you know, if you're not trying, you're essentially Vanderbilt. Kansas <laughs> is the most cheating basketball team. And I, I, I'm curious, Jake, can you share with us the legal ways in which teams try to steal signs. Can, like, can you bring us into, like, you were a coach. To me, Jake, I consider the use of technology to be cheating. But if I happen to notice patterns in your hand signals with my own eyes, to me, that's not cheating at all. Uh, what, what are some of the things that teams do that you're aware of? Well, you know, the first thing is relationships, right? I mean, coaching is a a lot smaller circle than I think what people realize. A lot of guys have been at places and then played other places or maybe coached with coaches that they're coaching against. Uh, And and some guys change their signals. Some guys don't. Most change that they understand that. Most change throughout the season. Uh, And little changes can can help you out to to break tendency. That's the first thing. And, And then you see during the game, all right, hey, it's the exact same signals we thought. We saw that with Ole Miss Bama about six or seven years ago uh, with, with guys in the press box with binoculars that had coached at the other team before. That that happens everywhere. Now, you, you will have guys that, that have, you know, analysts or, or, you know, some of the younger guys, the GAs, look on the, on the wide, right, to get signals and see, you know, the same way you're able to grasp a, any type of formation and personnel and thing like that. You're able to categorize signals and stuff during plays so you find out that way and and then see the percentages line up but if you're saying using technology is cheating i mean a a lot of people use technology not not as many people are just old school like hey coach i've been watching the last two drives and every time they put their right hand up they do this uh it's typically known before the game starts and then confirmed once the game starts jake a question that i thought of just a hair too late uh earlier this week when we uh, interviewed Brent Beard of uh, First Coast News in Jacksonville. He's a Heisman Trophy voter. I want to get your opinion on this. 
uh, because it's it relates to a school that you coached at, South Alabama. Next season, the Sun Belt Conference will be the only FBS conference that still has divisions. Is that a good idea or is that a bad idea to maintain divisions? If you, if you ask me, it's great fan service because it shrinks the footprint of the division, makes it easier for fans to travel to games, sort of keeps those rivalries nice and hot, those coals burning. But is having divisions uh, the, the smartest thing that the Sun Belt is still doing, or is it the dumbest thing that they're doing? Well, uh, I don't like divisions. I love we're going away from divisions. I want the two best teams to play in the conference championship game. I know it creates a couple more tiebreakers, unless you – at a conference game, which I think you need to go to nine in-conference games. If you're the SEC, that's a story for another day. But I, I don't want to end up with the Michigan-Iowa situation. I, I would have loved to see Michigan play Ohio State again. That's the whole point of a conference championship is to have the two best teams play in the conference championship game. Uh, as far as, as the footprint with division, somebody tell the SEC that because I'm not Christopher Columbus or Lewis or Clark. But there's no way in hell Missouri being in the East helps them out from a travel standpoint, and Auburn being in the West helps them out from a travel standpoint. Uh, so I, I, I don't like divisions. I've never liked them. Uh, I'm so glad. I, I wish the Sun Belt would just get rid of it. Don't try and be that. Don't wear the bow tie yep. instead of the normal but, one. But, like, just don't be that guy. The football's so good right now in the Sun Belt, you don't need to be the bow tie guy. But, Jake, why can't you just change the bylaws of the conference that say you can send the two best teams regardless of what division they're in. You don't have to blow up the whole thing. You just got to change one rule that says if the two Wait, best so, teams so are then, both in so the same division, the you divisions? can put them in. So then what, what's the point of divisions then? It's it's to help make a, a regular season where you're playing schools in a tight geographic footprint. Why should I care more about – why should I care about my team playing Texas State more and Georgia State, Georgia State or Georgia Southern or Coastal Carolina less? That doesn't make any sense. I don't give a rip about Texas State. I care about the teams that are nearby. And as a fan, I'm not going to travel to see a game that I don't care who the opponent is. I want to go see a game where I do care who the opponent is. Man, well, you're going to be super pissed when I tell you he's in the Big Ten now. Um, look, <laughs> I, I, I just I just think at the end of the day, like the way the geography split up in the divisions doesn't really help the footprint. If you, if you really look at it, there's a, t there's a ton of crossover that still takes place. So I feel like it wouldn't be, it wouldn't be eliminating the problem that you have. It would just be alleviating it by a little bit, keeping it, but it goes against the whole point of, if you want to produce the best champion, you need to have the two best teams play each other. Cause at the end of the day, that champion could be somebody that makes the playoff that's able to sneak in there and maybe do some damage. So I'm, I'm all for getting rid of divisions. I, I can't stand it. Jake Crane joining us here on the show, Jake, uh, which of the following two coaches is most likely to eventually scratch an NFL itch or is the answer neither Dabo Sweeney, Kirby smart. <laughs> uh, neither. Neither. I, I think both those guys are, wow. are lifers in college. I, I don't care how much Dabo complains and about and I, Well, I mean, what else could possibly happen that, that would make Dabo quit now? Like all the stuff that he said he hated has already happened for a while now, and he's still here, and he's talking about getting Clemson back to where they need to be and excited about the 12-team playoff and all this stuff. So I don't see him going anywhere. He, he's just a college guy. And then Kirby – I mean, why would you leave? Why would you leave when you have the best weapon? I mean, you have you have the nukes at the end of the day. 
you've won two out of the last three. Yeah, Michigan won this one, but it's not exactly a, looking bad at Georgia with Carson Beck and the rest of the Avengers and Globinots that Georgia has returning. So uh, I, I don't see him leaving. Well, to go to the Falcons? I mean, goodness gracious, uh, how masochistic can you be? <laughs> that seems to be the case for one Kirby Smart moving forward. Uh, Jake, do you have a sleeper in the NFL playoffs coming up? The, if you look at the history of, of the league, there usually is one team a year that goes way further than anyone thought they could. Do you like anyone that fits that bill this year? Well, I mean, do the Bills count? Because they ended up actually winning the AFC East. But, I mean, it, it obviously wasn't pretty. I, I just think they're, that, they're kind of on a revenge tour the way the season started. But i tell you what. It may not be the prettiest ball, but the Browns, something about defense and, and the reemergence of, of Joe Flacco, I don't know, man. It's just, it's just weird. The NFL has been crazy all year. I wouldn't be shocked, and, and I know they're 11 and, and 5 or, or you know, 11 and 6, whatever it is, uh, if the Browns made a run at this thing. With, I mean, Miles Garrett and those guys, goodness gracious, the Browns' defense is a problem. There you go, Jay Crane, Crane and Company. Jay, can you tell us what's in store for Crane and Company this year? Any any changes to the show? Any particular events you're especially looking forward to? Yeah, I think uh, Cone's going to fight a bear next Thursday. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, yeah, look, we uh, we got a bunch of big announcements coming up. We're really excited. Uh, had our best year ever last year. We're trying to top it this year. We're going down to the Senior Bowl here in a couple weeks. Excited to get down to Mobile and and talk to those guys and and uh, hang out with Jim Nagy and them. But, uh, yeah, we got, we got a bunch of stuff coming up. So uh, if, you, if you love uh, sports the way it kind of used to be, just head on over to Crane & Company. It's YouTube, uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Daily Wire, C-R-A-I-N-N Company. And, uh, yeah, man, live each weekday morning, 6.30 a.m. to 8 a.m. Central. We appreciate you, Jake. Have a great start to your year, my man. Thanks, as always, for joining us. Hey, you guys as well. Appreciate it. All right, take care, Jake Crane. Crane and company right here on Offsides, the fan upstate. I still think he's wrong about the divisions, show. Mark. Yeah, I know. I, I will fight that fight until I'm, I'll fight that fight until I'm red in the face. Losing divisions would be a horrible idea. Just because nine other people jump off a bridge doesn't mean we have to do it too. I always like divisions. You I know, love divisions. And that is the big problem. Yeah, it's the big problem is you don't get the two best teams, but you have a workaround for the two best teams. Change and, the bylaws. You know, like Diesel, like Jake and a lot of other people have just flushed the geographical relevance of college football. And, like, I'm not willing to give up that easily. I, I'm just I'm not willing to do that. I hope the Sun Belt draws a line in the sand for as long as they possibly can. Up next, what is the most likely – NFL upset for this weekend. That's next here on the most interactive sports talk show anywhere. It's Offsides, Mark Ryan and Diesel. We are the Fan Upstate. Offsides, Mark Ryan and Diesel. We are the Fan Upstate. Use Apple or Google Podcasts to listen to your favorite shows. We are there. Find Offsides with Mark Ryan and subscribe for our latest clips, Apple or Google Podcasts. We are right there with them, my friends. 
Great to have you guys with us. Congratulations, Grant in Five Forks. Uh, we will be reaching out to you. You won the college football pick'em challenge last night. Closest score to the national championship winning one. He said 34 to 20, Michigan. It was 34 to 13, Michigan. That is the closest that we got. Uh, Texter says, Mark, Jim Harbaugh wouldn't come to Carolina, would he? Probably not. Texter says, Harbaugh would likely land in L.A. or possibly Tennessee. I don't see why Tennessee would be attracted to him uh, or attractive to him. I think Chargers are his likely landing spot if he goes to the NFL. Uh, Let's see here. Texter says, the problem is the Chargers have the same issue. Coach for Tepper or Spanos, who is the lesser of two evils? Both are terrible owners. Terrible. I like it when guests don't agree with you because I disagree with everything both of you say 90% of the time. Well, why don't you call in and voice that? Voice that. Why do you have to have somebody else do the disagreeing for you? Texter says, mark it down, Mark Ryan. The Packers will beat Dallas this Sunday. Upset alert. Go, Pack, go. No no chance, Texter. See, you you lose credibility with the opinion when you close it with go, Pack, go. We were just talking about this on the show today. When I have a take, like I was recently critical of Will Shipley, and I just said, look, I think the Will Shipley era at Clemson was a disappointment. I I think it was disappointing. And people started hitting me with he's top seven in total yards. I don't care. Clemson didn't used to be good. He's 10th in rushing yards. So what? You were 10th at Clemson in rushing yards. Bro, you were a five-star. Everyone was comparing him to Christian McCaffrey coming out of high school. Like, it, it, it was disappointing. But when you rebut that criticism... And you've got Clemson throughout your bio. You don't really have credibility. You're a Clemson fan. You're not, you're not unbiased there. Guys, it's not a knock on you. Uh, like, I have topics that I can't be unbiased on. I can't be unbiased on a Tim Tebow conversation. All right? I can't. Can't be unbiased talking about my wife. Jackson, can't be unbiased. We, like, so, in other words, you know, like, don't come to me if you don't want an answer through my love lenses, because you won't get it. You guys love Clemson. I can't come to you for an unbiased opinion there. Texter, I can't come to you for an unbiased opinion about the Packers. Ask somebody who isn't a fan of Dallas or Green Bay who's going to win that game on Sunday. Go ahead. Ask them. You know, see how many tell you that the, pa- the Packers are going to go to Dallas and win. I don't think you're going to find many, sir. I do not think you're going to find many. Uh, You know what else I take away from last night in the uh, national championship game? Um, Washington's offensive line won the Broyles Award for being the best offensive line in in, in, in college football, the Broyles Award. And they got smoked from beginning to end. Michigan routinely beat five and six guys with four, and they did it the whole game. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to use this to make a, an overarching point to you here.
Because, like, you know, we'll often say something. Like, I think uh, Ohio finished with the second-best defense in college football this year. Do you think Ohio really has the second-best defense this year? Or are they ranked second because their defense is good and they're elite at the MAC level? What you saw is the same holds true even among the Power Five. No one among the Pac-12's crappy defenses could get to Michael Penix Jr. And like a video game, he lit everyone on fire in that conference. But you play a team that has a legitimate defense, that one that doesn't exist anywhere in the Pac-12, and that Broyles award-winning offensive line looks like they got broiled, right? Offensive line was offensive. It, like, it's amazing how that happened. I'm watching that game last night. I'm like, the poor guy, panics energy, has no time to throw. No time to throw. Seriously. I mean, you heard Pat McAfee or, or who was it, uh, Desmond Howard or Robert RG3 say big Penix energy. That was the smallest Penix energy I've ever seen in my life last night. Dude had no time to do anything behind the best offensive line in college football, supposedly, until they play Michigan. I bet there's some better offensive lines in the Big Ten that Michigan would tell you they faced than than Washington's. They don't play defense that side of the country. Sorry to say. We've got the top five at five coming your way next right here on the most interactive sports talk show anywhere. Offsides, Mark Ryan and Diesel. We are the fan upstate. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.